This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Looking at emotional freedom, and uh, a lot of you are getting free emotionally. And it's important to be free emotionally because the Bible tells us we're not to be led by our emotions we're not to be ruled by our emotions, and if you are, you'll find yourself in trouble. And God wants us to live a life of peace and joy. He wants us to live a life worry-free, carefree, and if you're just now hearing this message, go back and listen online, because we've been uh, building it each week, but God wants you to live a good life. And, and worries not to be a part of our life. The cares and pressures of life. These things happen. You will have negative emotions at times. Because we're human. But the thing is. Not to build a mountain around that emotion. Not to make it something that should be temporary. Make it permanent. Start building a house. And, and living in it. Make it short. Make it just for a moment. And you gather yourself and you respond in the Spirit. You get in the Word and you see what God says. And we've looked last week at David, how David came home after being on a long trip. He came back to his city, Ziglag, and he finds out that, that all the wives, all the children, all possessions are stolen and their houses are all burnt down. Now, how many know that's time for emotional problems there? And it said that, G, uh, that David wept. We talked about Jesus wept. It's, it's okay to, to cry sometimes. We just don't want to stay there. And, and it said that David wept until he had no more tears. And then he gets some great news. His 600 men are talking about stoning him. They're blaming him. Have you ever had those times where it, it went from bad to worse? <laughs> and it seemed like all hell was coming against you. But David did something, and we have to do the same thing. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord. God didn't encourage him. He encouraged himself. And when he did that, it said he inquired of the Lord... Are we to pursue or not? And he said, pursue, you will take back all. You will recover all. In fact, he recovered all and he spoiled the enemy and took back all their cattle and, and took their possessions. So he came out ahead. Now, if David in the worst of circumstances, I don't think any of us have, have come home and our house is burnt down and someone who has kidnapped our, our wife and kids... I don't think any of us have been in that situation, but David could have went the other way. He could have said, God, I, I serve you. Why did this happen? He could have started moaning and, and, and complaining and just stayed there. If he had stayed there, he wouldn't have recovered them. He would not. He would have suffered loss. So it's important that we understand emotions God gave us emotions. Their emotions are, are good, but there's negative emotions that we've, we've got to make sure we don't let them 
control our lives and bring destruction and ruin our lives. Emotions can be a powerful thing. People purchase stuff off of emotions. They purchase things they never use. Workout equipment. They, they purchase things they don't need because of, there's emotion that was pulling on them. They make wrong decisions. You know you can make some bad decisions when your emotions are going the wrong way. Or how about the good way? Say you're just full of joy, having a great day. I think I'll go buy me a new car. See, emotions are powerful. But emotions are controlled by thoughts. So what the Word tells us, we've got to get a hold of those thoughts. But emotions can come through circumstances, situations. But God wants us to do something with those emotions. So we're going to continue and, and, and look at this and, and get some more answers. But the good news is you don't have to have a bad day. You don't have to have a depressed day, a discouraged day. You don't have to have a hopeless day. You don't have to have a, a bad temper day. You don't have to have those days. The peace of God can rule in your life. You can do it. You can live with God's peace and God's joy. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 is really our theme verse that we've used for this series. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I'm glad it's under the mighty hand of God, not the weak hand of God. It's the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Who does the humbling? We do. Does God humble you? No. We humble ourselves under his mighty hand that he may exalt you in due time. You know God wants you exalted? He just wants to do it and not you exalt yourself. Because you will exalt yourself and not do time. Not the time that you can handle it. Because <laughs> God wants whatever you get, he wants you to occupy and to take dominion over and then go for more. It says that he may exalt you in due time. And how do you do this? How do you humble yourself? How do you come to this place of humbling? Casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. You mean it's humble when I give all this care, all this pressure, all these things that are tempting me to worry, to be fearful, to be hopeless, to be discouraged, to be depressed? Yes, that's when you're humble, when you're casting all that upon him and giving it to him. You're then a humble person. And it says that he will exalt you. And we looked at that word. It means to elevate or lift up. He will elevate you and lift you up above the situation, above the, the storm, above the giant, whatever is coming against you. He will elevate you and lift you above it. I mean, you want to be elevated by God. When God elevates you, I want to tell you, you got a lift. You are lifted up. But you let him. What's the world do? The world says, elevate yourself, exalt yourself. Doesn't matter who you run over, exalt yourself, lift yourself up. God says, no, you take the low road, I will exalt you. You humble yourself and let me do it. So whose responsibility is it for us to, to cast our cares? It's our responsibility. We cast the cares. 
We do it on purpose. It's an intention. It's our personal responsibility to cast those cares. Or, let me just say it like this, to cast the emotions to the Lord. To give Him those emotions. When you give it to Him, you're not going to go off on someone else. You don't have to be angry. You can give God those emotions, casting the care upon Him. Let's look and see what God says about thoughts. Because really to be free emotionally, we've got to change the way we think. Romans 8 verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Boy, he spells it down here, doesn't it? If you're carnally minded or thinking according to the flesh, it's death. And there's degrees of death. But there's death working in us when we're carnally minded or thinking according to the flesh. A carnally minded person is ruled by their senses and their human nature. By human nature. It's human nature to worry about things. It's, it's human nature to be upset, worrying about natural things. But we can be spiritually minded. Who's, who's the one that, does God make us be spiritually minded? Does he take control of your thoughts and make you think this way? No. He gives us a free choice. We, we choose. Well, pastor, I don't feel like I have a choice. Yes, you do. Because God said you do. And I love you, but I choose what God says over what you just said. Smile to your neighbor. <laughs> so we determine if we'll be spiritually minded. Let me read it to you from the Good News translation. It says, those who live as their human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what human nature wants. Those who live as the Spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the Spirit wants. To be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. How many want life and peace? To be controlled by the Spirit, to, to, to listen to the Spirit, to do what the Spirit says, produces life and peace. Now, what is this, what the Spirit says? What the Spirit says will always line up with the Word of God. So when you're thinking the Word of God or God's thoughts, you'll have life and peace. Everybody say life and peace. Man, you know how many people want life and peace? Now, if you could bottle it up and sell it, you'd be, you'd be rich and famous. <laughs> but God is telling us. God is telling us how to have life and peace. When the Word of God controls our thoughts and actions, we live life to the fullest and we'll be ruled by peace. We'll not worry and have all this fear 
all those negative emotions trying to dominate and control our lives, we'll be overwhelmed by His love and His life and His peace. That's where we're going to live, isn't it? See, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But we can have His thoughts. His thoughts produce life and peace. Our thoughts produce death. Unless our thoughts are His thoughts. But I'm going to think His thoughts because His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I want life and peace. So I'm going to start thinking His thoughts. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. You can. Because there's grace. <laughs> there's grace, ability, empowerment. See, we're not, we're not excused from doing the Word. We're empowered to do the Word because of the grace of God. You can choose your thoughts. It's amazing how we're affected by what other people say and what they, they think. But we can choose our thoughts. We can choose our emotions. The word emotion comes from a French word which means to stir up. And it comes from, from a Latin word which means to remove or replace. To stir up. You know emotions can stir you up. Banana pudding. Emotion just rose up in me. Well, Pastor, you got to understand, I'm a, I'm a male. I'm not emotional. All you got to do is turn on the TV on Saturday. Be men in freezing temperature, bare-chested, painted, yelling war cries that you can't understand. And they're emotional about a leather ball filled with air. That people prize so much they'll tackle each other. <laughs> try and hurt each other to move this little pigskin down the yard, yardage there. And people pay to go see that. Stir up and or to remove or replace. When we think thoughts of the Spirit or the Word of God, we're stirring up emotions of peace and joy. I can stir up emotions of peace and joy when I start thinking about His Word, meditating on His Word, quoting Scripture, replacing my thoughts with His thoughts. It brings me peace and stirs up emotions of peace and joy. That's what happens when you come to church. Maybe you come heavy, the heaviness, and we get into worship. Wasn't worship awesome? <laughs> it's always awesome. And the weight comes off. You know why? God has given us worship as a way to tap into your emotions. Music has a way of tapping into the emotions like nothing else. So emotions can be 
See, we don't come and we're singing the blues. Oh, woe is me. Somebody shot my dog. <laughs> my wife ran off with the mailman. Woe is me. Is there another six-pack? Uh, somebody stole my refrigerator. Will someone kill me now? <laughs> we don't sing the blues. We celebrate and rejoice. And it affects your emotions. That's the key. I mean, that's something you can do at home. You get some bad news, why don't you just have a shouting good time of praise and worship? It will affect your emotions and change everything. <laughs> so, when we think thoughts of the Spirit or the Word of God, we're stirring up emotions of peace and joy. So we stir those up. What if you stir up worry and strife and discouragement and fear and hopelessness, frustration, disappointment? What are you stirring up? You're stirring up things that produce death, that don't give you peace, the opposite of life. When I'm stirring up joy and peace, it's replacing the worry and the strife and disappointment and the dread and the worry, the defeat. It, it replaces that. And it stirs me up to the good emotions. Now when I give place and I'm meditating, I'm, I'm imagining and looking at that worry and I'm speaking it out and saying, what are we going to do? We're going under everything. Well, what are you talking about? The whole country's going under. Where's a cave? Where's some survival food? Let's leave now. Let them quit the football team. Let's get all the kids together. We're, we're leaving this place. <laughs> and you start getting this heaviness because you're, you're working death and, and fear in you. And you're replacing the peace and joy with worry. God wants us to stir up the emotions of peace and joy. It, it feels a whole lot better. So do you have peace? That's the question. Do you have peace? Maybe you've said this or heard someone say this. No, I don't have peace. I'm an emotional wreck. <laughs> I have no hope. What am I going to do? Well, for the Christian, we have the answer. We know who to run to. We know who to go to. And it will change our emotions. It will change the way we think. Good news for you, though. The believer has peace living on the inside. In Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Notice it didn't say fruits. It said fruit. It's actually one fruit. It's love. And there's many different sides of love. And that's what all the others describe. But you see emotions. You see joy and peace in here. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Where is this? Where is it located? And it's funny, you read before this, it talks about the, not the fruit of the flesh, but the works of the flesh. 
and works there and talks about a designated time where you will receive a paycheck. It, it feels good. It's a temporary pleasure in sin, but a paycheck's coming. And it says the works of the flesh. And when you study through that, it's amazing how many are, are jealousy, or anger, hatred, division, all these things, emotions, negative emotions. And see, when you let those negative emotions reign in your life, you're walking according to the flesh, and you're going to reap, because there's a law in the land called sowing and reaping, you're going to reap death even though you're a believer. So we've got to grab hold of those negative emotions and recognize we, they've got to change. And we've got to get his thoughts, get a hold of those things. And Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Luke 17, 20 says, The kingdom of God does not come by op with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is where? Within you. The kingdom of God is Within you, what's in the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Do you know that you have righteousness dwelling on the inside of you? Do you know that you have peace living on the inside of you? That you have joy living on the inside of you? All you have to do is get your soul in agreement with it, and you experience it, and your emotions change. We have the power to change our emotions. Powerful. So anything that comes and tries to make me feel unrighteous. You ever had that? I feel unworthy. Not good enough. Anything that comes to try, try to steal my righteousness... It's not truth. I want you to take a look at this, this video. Thank you, Lord. What if when you felt unrighteous, unworthy, unacceptable, that came to you? What does that produce in you? It was all scripture. Peace. Life. What about when something comes and tries to steal your joy and your peace? When somebody says something or does something, maybe they're unkind, maybe they've hurt you, whatever it is, what are you to do then? You're to rise up and be spiritually minded. You're to come against it with the truth. With God's promise. With his word. You see this in your notes. It is my responsibility to be spiritually minded and allow the truth to reign in my life. When I allow what others say or what they do to me to control me, my emotions, I'm being carnally minded. And I'm not being humble because I'm not casting the care upon the Lord. I know that sounds tough, but
but it's the truth. And it's not that hard to give it to God. It's just you give it to Him. I give you this hurt. I give you what they said about me, what they did to me. I give you this. Because if you don't, you'll find yourself in negative emotions, building the the wrong type of stronghold till you can get to the point that you can't hear from God. Remember we talked about in the first session in this series that they didn't even know the time that the Lord was coming because they couldn't hear. It can steal your walk with God, your hearing from God. So it's important that we that we control these emotions. So what happens? I choose to exercise my righteousness, my peace, and my joy, even when unkind things are said about me or done to me. And then I will operate in the peace of God. Because really what people say or does to me does not determine, does not determine my emotions or not to determine, or not to change my walk of peace. And that's what you have to get to. Because if you fall for everything that comes against you like that, the enemy can lead you. Because he'll have them come out of the woodwork. (laughs) We were in prayer this morning for service, and something came up about communion, and I, I remember one of the, this person got so upset because, Pastor, we've got to take communion now one cup. And we just all share that cup. I said, it's not going to happen. And they just, that's what they did in the Bible. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened right before service. And I've, I've learned... Casting that away. <laughs> you cast it on the Lord. Because God, I, I want to give your people what you have to say and not what I have to say right now. Because what I have to say would produce death. <laughs> and I want to produce life. So I have to cast this care upon you now. I can't tell you how many times after what I felt was Really, uh, God flowed in, in the message and everything. And I, I walk out and somebody gives me some wild, crazy thing. There was one time I, I was ministering. And I finished and I came off. And one person over here had a word for me. And then the person in the back had a word for me. And both of them were totally opposite. But both of them was, you shouldn't be a pastor. And I said, Lord, I'm just going to listen to you. He said, oh, it's about time. (laughs) I choose how I'm going to feel. I choose my thoughts. And those thoughts affect my emotions. Well, Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. I deserve to be mad and depressed. (laughs) Cast that. Please cast that. Because you're affecting everyone around you. We appreciate it if you'll humble yourself and cast it on the Lord. See, when we're putting the blame on someone else for the way we act, what we're doing is being just like Martha who went to Jesus and said, Jesus, 
My sister, she is, she's down here at your feet listening to you, and she should be in the kitchen helping me. And Jesus had to say, said, Martha, when the Lord says your name twice, Martha, Martha. You're troubled about many things. Mary's not your problem. What you need to do really is do what Mary's doing where you can get these problems off of you. These troubles, this worry, this stress, these cares off of you. Wasn't saying don't go in the kitchen and help Martha. Just saying here's the priority. Yes, you should go in the kitchen and help. But every day you need to be at his feet. Then you can be a good Martha in serving God's people in the world. You're not going to be a good Martha serving until you're a Mary at Jesus' feet. Mm. My feelings are controlled by my thoughts regardless of the actions of others. So I must quit blaming others and we have to hold ourselves responsible for our feelings. Isaiah 26.3 You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. New Living Translation You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. See, really, negative emotions are doing us a favor. It should be a warning. When a negative emotion stirs up in you, it should be warning, warning, taking uh, immediate action, counteraction. Terrorist thoughts and emotions are coming on the scene to, to wreak havoc and bring death to you. Warning, warning, warning. Get at the feet of Jesus, get his thoughts. Get scriptures in you. Start saying something that has life in it. Counteract this. But the good news is light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you'll operate and walk what's on the inside of you, joy and peace will well up within you and rise up. And come out of you. And people will say, you're nuts. You're in denial. What's your problem? Can't you worry about something? You say, no. I'm carefree. Because God is my God. He's my Father. What do I have to worry about? Science has determined emotion travels 80,000 times faster than a thought. That's the reason we'll hit by, be hit by emotions because it comes faster than a thought. But when that negative emotion hits, what we want to do is get to the place we automatically counteract it with the Word of God. With that which produces life and peace. The quicker you can do it. We want to be like. I don't know what it is today. President Reagan. He talked about Star Wars. They shoot a missile as we shoot it down before it gets to us. Put up the shield of faith. Before it hits. 
So what happens? These emotions and things. We can emotions can be lies. You know, there's people that uh, will think I'm, I'm, I've got some kind of disease, and they'll research the way they feel, and uh, next thing you know, well, I have cancer. And here's the problem. Science has determined that whatever you start believing, Jesus and the, the Word said this a long time ago, whatever you start believing and you attach emotion to that information, your body will go about to produce it. And the very thing that you believe you got, you will get. Isn't it amazing how science is catching up with the Bible? It, it reminds me years ago, uh, I'd read this story. I remember sharing it in a service about this guy who he worked on uh, boxcars. And uh, they had a refrigerated boxcar. And somehow he had gotten locked in. And he was going to have to spend the night there. And he froze to death. But what he didn't know is that it wasn't turned on. It was, it was during the winter, but he sure survived it easy, easily. But the cause of death was he froze to death, but it never got below freezing in there because it wasn't turned on. But he believed it was to the point that he froze to death. The power of what we believe. We got to believe what God says. I have to make a decision to be led by my emotions or I will be, or I will lead my emotions. Romans 4.20, yet he did not waver, talking about Abraham through unbelief, regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I mean, here's Abraham 100, Sarah's 90, and God says, you're going to be the father of many nations. I mean, though, the facts at that age, you're not having a baby. And you can just imagine. I mean, these are real people. You know, Abraham, I can just picture him going to Sarah. Sarah, God has spoken to me. We're going to have a baby. He said, I'm going to be the father of many nations. You're going to be the mother of many nations. I mean, I can just picture it. And Sarah goes, uh, yeah, I've got a headache. Don't touch me, buddy. <laughs> I can just see it. But it he became fully persuaded. See, there might be some facts that look like it can't happen, but the truth of God's promise will override the facts when we put our faith in Him. Putting faith in God's truth will always conquer facts. And, and looking back at Romans 4.19, it says, Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead. We don't deny the facts. We don't deny the facts. We just believe the truth which trumps the facts. We believe God's promise. 
And his promises are supernatural. He puts a super on the natural. And then nothing is impossible and the limits come off. But if you have a negative emotion, you can stop and hinder your faith. And you can get stuck in a place that the enemy can come in and start building his place. And you can have a stronghold that has to be torn down of the enemy. One last scripture, 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What's that mean? That means we've got to get to the place that we don't forget God's word. We don't look in the mirror and forget who we are. We become that fully persuaded person. That when a wrong thought comes towards us, we're able to reject it and say, you know what? That's just not the truth. That's not the truth. I don't receive that. And you have to do that inside because we're around people. You're not going to go around, hey, you shouldn't say that. They don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You just inside say, I reject that. I don't receive that. Oh, You're going to get the swine flu. No, that's for swine. I'll just pass on that. Are you going to get the bird flu? No, I'm not. I'm not a bird. I'll just pass on that. I'll pass on the human flu too. I mean, (laughs) it's what we believe. And we need God's word. We need to get our emotions under control. He said to renew your mind. Your mind is your will. Those emotions. The mind, will, and emotions is the soul. And imagination. So you can control your emotions. We've been told we can't. But we can. The truth is we can. With God's help. We do it His way. Let's bow our heads. If we had people controlling their emotions, the world would be a safer place, wouldn't it? (laughs) Maybe your house would be a safer place. I don't know. But God wants our emotions submitted to the Lord. May I ask you a question? If you were to die, if you were to die, and you stood before the Lord, why would he let you into his heaven? What would your answer be? Maybe you say, well, I'm a good person. There's no place in the Bible where it says a good person will go to heaven. Well, I hope I get there. There's no place in the Bible where it says that hoping will get you to heaven. Well, I believe in God. The devil believes in God, but he's not going to heaven. See, someone needs to be honest with you and value you enough to tell you the truth. Truth is, there's only one way to get there. In any other way, you're not going. Jesus made it clear. He made it plain. 
In John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. What's that mean? It means that you give God all your heart and all your life. You make him Lord's what you do. And you can make that decision right now. Maybe you've prayed this before, but you know you're not walking with God. You're not serving in Him and, and in relationship, fellowship with Him. I want you in just a moment to lift your hand. And I'm not going to ask you to come down now. At the end of service, we'll have prayer partners. You can come down. But if this is you, if the Lord's tugging on your heart, I want you to lift your hand. We're going to pray together. And God welcomes you back into fellowship or he welcomes you into his family with loving arms. And he forgives and he cleanses and he sets us free. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this together. Say, dear God, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid for me. I receive your forgiveness. I receive the debt being paid of me missing, missing it everywhere. All the guilt and all the shame. I thank you, Lord, for taking it for me. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I'll live for you and I'll follow you all the days of my life. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 662- 890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.